just say yes to opportunities and make them work for you um, in the moment. I would say that whatever industry you're in, really get clear with yourself and pay attention to how every part of your day and your job like makes you feel. And if there is a little piece that isn't working for you, figure it out and figure out either how to make it better in your current situation or use it as fuel for change. If you're feeling ever like, ah, that's just like not how I would do stuff, you're either gonna have to turn off the care button so much and make where you currently are working work for you better, or we have to do our own thing. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get Maestroified. Three, two, one. Hey guys, Maestro here, and welcome back to another episode of Maestro on the Mic. Today I have with me a very special guest. She's very quickly become what I like to consider a good friend of mine. I met her through the interwebs, I don't know, a few months ago. Not really sure. It all kind of blends together. Um, But I'm actually going to do this a little differently because I want you guys to hear just how much of a badass she is. And I find that people oftentimes don't like to celebrate their accomplishments and toot their own horn. So I'm going to toot it for her. All right. So with me today, I have Dr. Nicole Cozine. She's a, a pelvic health specialist. She's an author and an entrepreneur. She has her own practice that she started, crazy successful practice called Pelvic Sanity. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, she also has a best-selling book, right? This chick wrote a book called The Interstitial Cystitis Solution. That's really hard to say, Nicole. I didn't practice that before. <laughs> Everyone has the hard time. That's why IC also works. Wow. The IC Solution. She was the first physical therapist to serve on the ICA Board of Directors and was named the 2017 ICN Physical Therapist of the Year. She teaches continuing ed courses internationally. She was actually in Australia not too long ago. Um, And she's also served on the faculty of Chapman University. She's also taught for Herman and Wallace, right? This chick has done a ton. I know I don't usually read the little bio stuff because I want you guys to hear it, but I wanted to paint a picture. If you're into true colors, Nicole says she's a green, but she's actually a gold, and she gets all the things done. Without further ado, welcome to the show, my good friend, Dr. Nicole Cozine. Yay, it's super good to be here. Thanks so much, Shante. Love it. Dude, I am pumped. I'm pumped to talk to you. I'm pumped to have the, the people hear from you. So I know I gave a little bit of a background, but can you fill in the blanks? Say whatever you want. Let the people hear you hear about you. Sure thing. So I actually, I mean, if I were to look back on myself now and and think that I was I'm a pelvic PT with my own practice, like that was never in the cards. So <laughs> so for anybody that's listening that thinks they know how their life is going to like all play out, uh, I have news for you. Uh, you might end up being a pelvic PT. <laughs> there you go. Uh, when I was in physical therapy school, I 
had all the interest in the world, just like I'm sure a ton of people do about orthopedics. I wanted to be sports. I was into basketball. I currently still um, referee college basketball. So uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So I was super sports oriented, ortho, going to be a team phys- physical therapist, all of that. Um, through a series of events, I got introduced to the pelvis um, via an anatomy project where I got last pick because my last name used to be Vasquez. Um, ah. And we did like an, we did an extra anatomy project and I got the wonderful choice of either the pelvis or the TMJ. Mm, um, pelvis. And so, yeah, so for sure. Yeah. So I learned a lot about it in anatomy there. And I kept looking at, from an anatomical perspective and going like, gosh, you know, there's like everything essentially from the lumbar spine has to essentially pass through the pelvis in some way. Um, and so why aren't we learning more about the pelvis, the SI joint, all of that? And one of my ortho professors goes, well, just start start first with like the hip and the easier things because the pelvis is super complex. Um, and, you know, I that could not be more true. Um, and so then I got into the pelvic floor via some just you know, things that I don't think now are a coincidence. I thought they were at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. But a couple of my um, rotations actually included pelvic physical therapy. And back in the day, like that was like 15 years ago, that was actually even less of a thing than it is now. And so the fact that I even had that opportunity to see how different people practiced pelvic PT back then um, sort of started to get my my little brain turning. And got me interested in it. But even then, you guys, even then, I still was like, no, 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 that's really interesting, but ortho all the way. Um, And so I, but I did land my first job at a hospital outpatient uh, place. And they, and you know, when you're trying to beef up your resume, (laughs) when when you're just out of school, it's like, Oh, what, what did I do? Well, I had pelvic health experience in my clinicals. I, you know, wrote a a project on it in school. And so they were like, oh, you want to go into pelvic health? And I was like, actually, no, I do not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, so that's sort of how it started. So I ended up starting a pelvic health program at a hospital in Orange County right out of school. Um, Wow. Yeah. Wow. Which by the way, like I was also super, super scared to do that because I was so scared to specialize so soon, right? Yeah. I, that's actually, I want you to, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, this is huge, Nicole, and this, you guys listening, this speaks to her personality. You started a huge thing right out of school. What what was going through your head? Like, can you just talk about that? Yeah. So at that time, honestly, if I like look back, I, I'm pretty big on saying yes to stuff, right? There it is. So um, I just started saying yes to things. They said, do you want to grow the pelvic health program? I said yes, but not without some negotiation. So I actually I said, you know, I don't think I want to do this for for my rest of my life. Ha ha, funny, funny now. But like, I seriously, I was like, I don't think I want to do this. However, I could see that there was an opportunity in um, getting to start having that build your resume, start a program. They were going to pay for a bunch of courses, right? So I negotiated Mm -hmm. them to pay for courses. I negotiated for them to pay for a mentorship program. When I got back from those courses with a local pelvic health PT, that was very prominent in the field. And then I also negotiated, um, and sort of got lucked into, so half and half, half negotiation, half into a trip to Africa. Um, and so, and that's ended up being where I met Jesse, my husband, and who's now my business partner and all the things. So, um, but I think that 
the lesson there is to just say yes to opportunities and make them work for you um, in the moment, right? So of course, I didn't think I wanted to be a pelvic health PT, but I saw an opportunity in that education. And I knew that I could always use what my passion was at the time was Mm -hmm. also to influence how I treat the pelvic floor. And that now has catapulted into a, a really big philosophy um, that I take w- in my practice. And now that I'm, I'm teaching other PTs how to think like that as well. So, so many things that I want to tease out of that. One, she already gave us a lesson that, that say yes, kind of figure it out as you go. But you talked about ortho, you're talking about pelvic floor PT. And I kind of want to ask like a big question here of like the direction you see pelvic floor PT or PT going in because like if you're if you guys listening if you're on social media at least this was my feed like every other post that I see is about training people with diastasis recti or diastasis recti (laughs) apparently there's 17 ways to say it like every single post is about this and I'm kind of like where where what is where do you think see things going or where would you like to see things going you actually did a little post about how you don't love kegels kegels whatever they're called yeah (laughs) Where <laughs> where do you see things going and where, where are you trying to take them? So, yeah, this is a huge question. But it is, it is. It, to keep it relatively brief, and I could talk on this literally for hours, um, but it, I think... I think pelvic PT in general is sort of coming into its own now. It's been around for a while. If you, th- if you think of some of the pioneers in pelvic PT specialty, they've been around for 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. But nobody, I think, saw the need for it um, back in the day. It was kind of it's still crazy. weird. Yeah. Even when I was in PT school and even when, in my first job, they were always like, oh, Nicole, the one that like, haha, takes uh-huh. off the pants of your patients. And like, what are you doing behind that closed door? And like, funny, funny, haha type yeah. of thing. And now I think it's finally sort of gaining um, notoriety in the field. Like, oh, this is a thing. And all my patients do have a pelvis and it can be the missing link to a ton of orthopedic injuries that don't get better or um, that have a more chronic nature to them. Yeah. Um, and so I think where we as a field pelvic PT specialty need to go is, is broadening our scope into infiltrating more of the avenues that we can um, help patients in. So there's a ton of of knowledge that we have about the pelvis, about how the biomechanics of the pelvis work, how the pelvic floor works in, for instance, the entire core system, in movement, in um, feet issues, in neck issues, in all kinds of stuff. And I feel like it's, it's it's really starting now to sort of, we're really starting to talk about it more, not just in the behind closed doors kind of way. Ah, dude, I love it. I'm going to pull two things from that because one of the reasons I asked Nicole this question is because she is a leader in the field. She is a pioneer. Yes, she said it's it's been around for a long time, but we're really now starting to see it come into its own. So in terms of really steering this ship, Nicole is doing the damn thing, not just talking about it. You actually have something called pelvic PT huddle. Could you talk I, about that? Yeah, I do. So, the, you know, the way pelvic, P- pelvic PT Huddle is a Facebook group for pelvic health physical therapists. Uh, we have people from all over the world that kind of go and do present cases. Hey, I'm having a problem with this thing. What do you do about that? Um, it's a really uh, just a way to like learn, collaborate, grow in our pelvic health practice. Um, 
And so I moderate that group. It's an excellent group of, of mostly women, but a couple of guys are getting on right. in there. Um, I see you males that want to do pelvic PT. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so that is a way I think for, for me to sort of take the conversation of pelvic physical therapy and broaden it into what are we, we cannot forget that we're pelvic, that we're physical therapists also. So anytime that you head into a specialty and I don't care if it's vestibular or any other thing, like we're still PTs first. And Mm, so I think sometimes as we learn and as we take pelvic health courses post, post graduating, that we get so myopic in our view where we're pelvic health specialists, we're pelvic floor, and then that's all we think about. And so what I'm trying to do is take what we know about the pelvic floor, but then broaden it to the greater, essentially adding orthopedic type thinking into that that I practice. It. I love it. If people want to join, is this an, it's a private group, but like you're still accepting people into yeah. it? Absolutely. So recepting people into it. Um, we, you know, like people to be interested, a physical therapist, but hopefully there's a couple people that aren't, um, but really interested in pelvic health practice. Um, students are welcome. If you're thinking about joining the pelvic health specialty, um, totally welcome to join as well. So you can just hear a little bit more about what we kind of do, things that we treat. Um, yeah. So it's kind of any pelvic health physical therapist that wants to. Uh, Amazing. Join. And how do they do that? Just go and search Pelvic PT Huddle on Facebook? On Facebook, yeah. And then I do like weekly um, lives in there where we talk about things and then we do do dabble in a little bit of business and marketing. And uh, Pelvic PT, I think, is another area where uh, we have historically relied on doctors a lot to refer Mm -hmm. patients. I mean, even uh, physical therapy in general, I think, has taken that um, as sort of a way to get totally. patients. Uh, and I really am starting to try to change the conversation on that as well, where we are a specialty field in our own right. Um, and we don't necessarily need a doctor's referral to tell us that our patient needs pelvic health care. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We'll, we'll do that ourselves. Thanks. Exactly. Dude, <laughs> I, got, I got multiple segues from that. But first, letting you guys know, as always, that will be in the show notes. So if you're at your computer already, pelvic PT huddle on the book of faces, but we'll drop that into uh, the show notes. So you mentioned a few things, and I'm kind of like picking which one I want to segue into. Mm-hmm. I think I want to go with, you said the word student. So yes, you could be a PT student, but you've also started mentorships. Yeah. Can yeah. you talk about and, that? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I think there's a big, gosh, I was helped so much by mentors and I still am. I still seek mentorship out, whether it's for business, whether it's for clinician-based um, things. And I think it's really an important thing, especially especially when you're first starting out. Um, and I don't care really what field yeah. you're in, but pelvic health is is a in my opinion, a whole nother ball of wax where mm-hmm. there's just, it's emotional, it's personal, it's it's hard to ta- to manage patients in that state yep. um, where things are going wrong with peeing, pooping, sex, and that's freaking scary. Yep. So for a new grad, it, it being just as scared <laughs> to talk about the <laughs> pelvic floor um, that's going into that field, right? We can be as passionate as we want about it, but at the end of the day, we still have to um, be the authority figure in that in that relationship, and t- and take somebody who is feeling very scared and through a patient plan of care, right? So, um, totally. I think mentorship is extremely important in that aspect because it's so much more than just the 
oh, let me do a thoracic spine mobe here. Let mm-hmm. me do a hip mobe there. Um, the mentorship is really important. So I saw that sort of as a as a need in the field um, because you know courses, continuing education courses can only take you so far, right? At some point, you have to have a roadmap of all your tools in the toolbox. So like you get all these tools in the toolbox when you go to these courses and pelvic health one and pelvic health two, and then you still have to talk to your patient sitting in front of you who's asking you how long it's going to take me to get better, and you don't freaking know. So what do you do with that? So I started – that's one of the reasons why I really started to foster pelvic PT huddle more, but then we also do from there – I'm doing my first online course right now where it's it's sort of bridging the gap between like what you learn in those first courses and like actually putting that into practice. Um, And then also doing like one-on-one both clinical and business mentorship. If people are interested in learning more, Ms. Nicole, how can they do that? They can obviously (laughs) slide into the DMs as I learned from you, Uh, but they can also email me, Nicole at pelvicsanity.com. You can, yeah, check out my website. You can contact me through the form on my website, all of those. What's that? Which is pelvicsanity.com right now. We are in the works of making another uh, website as well, but haven't done that thing yet. Huge (laughs) ass undertaking. Yeah, I don't want totally. to talk about that, right? And I'm going to talk about it. what. What's your uh, Instagram handle? Tell the people. You got two. At, so. Yes. So the one that's better for this is at Nicole Cozine DPT. So All that's right. what I use more for clinic. And then my clinic one is obviously at Pelvic Sanity. Amen. These will all go in the show notes. Cozine is spelled C-O-Z-E-A-N. So in case you guys were wondering, Nicole Cozine DPT, but it will all be in the show notes. I'm going to continue with this because you say all the right words. It makes segueing so easy. <laughs> Can we talk about the business side? So with the mentorship, you said that you've been doing and in, in, the, in the huddle, you're talking about clinical side of things, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But there's a business side to this. You run a hugely successful practice. And you're, bran- you're branching into the digital space and crushing it there too. Can you talk and you could say anything you want about the business side of, of what you do? Yeah. So, you know, I never, gosh, I never, if someone would have told me I would have had my own freaking business, I would have like probably died. I, <laughs> yep. I mean, it's something, you know, and for anyone out there that's like thinks that they like can't do it, don't think that they like the business aspect. I didn't at first either. Um I, I never wanted that to happen, but sort of the genesis of pelvic sanity came out of, you know, a little bit of frustration at, at my current, where I currently, where I was working at the time. Um, and not because the the clinic itself was great. Uh, it's just the, if you're feeling ever like, ah, that's just like not how I would do stuff or Mm -hmm. gosh, I'm just feel really I feel I started to feel really stifled by I can't do what I think needs to be done or it's taking too long because I have to ask eight million people. Um, then I started to to listen to that feeling and that really that unhappiness, um, that frustration. And I didn't want that to brew in my life, literally in my yeah. life because it was bleeding over into my life actually. And what I think this was before. Let's see, Jesse and I got married in 2014. We started Pelvic Sanity in 2016. So this was bef- maybe right around the time where we were getting married and stuff. And he just was like, you know what, Nicole? He's like, you can't, like, you're either going to have to turn off the care button so much 
and yeah. make where you currently are working work for you better or we have to do our own thing and like and you can do it and all this stuff and I was like no I don't know blah 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 you know I don't want to do a business that doesn't do it for me I just want to treat patients um and I think yeah. now looking back like I can flip the script now and say I can actually reach so many more patients by creating a successful business like right now there are literally five people getting treatment right now as I speak, yeah. you know, so I can still affect patient care in a way now that, um, because I have my own practice. So, so yeah, but I never, I never wanted to, um, do it first. It was sc- super scary, but I For listened real. to where I was unhappy. Right. And mm-hmm. I tried to make it work where I was, um, a lot and it wasn't like terrible. I wasn't going home, like crying or not wanting to go into work totally. on Monday, but like, it just wasn't filling me up as much as I felt like I wanted it to if it's going to take that much time out of my life. So that's sort of where the impetus was to like s- believe that I could do something myself. Um, and it's super scary to step out into that and and think that people are – patients are actually going to call you. Like I didn't yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just scary. It's very, very true. But uh, look where you're at. I love that you brought that up just in terms of – not wanting to to have a business because I think that when people see successful people, they're just like, well, they probably always because we create these stories in our heads to justify our lack of action, right? But yeah. we're like, oh, like they probably started off like that. Probably always wanted it. I couldn't do it, and I'm right there with you. I remember. I think part of it for me was PT school. They just like scare you out of it. They're like, totally, and they tell you you're not going to no money. Thousand dollars, like, exactly. Up, it does not cost that much money. And they're like, you're not going to make any money and you're going to be like so sad and like just hate your life. And then I was like, well, I kind of hate it now with this job. So maybe I should do something else. Like, <laughs> so maybe. Yeah. Like it's, I love that you brought that up because people assume, I think, that, that it's like, you know, an easy thing. So uh, cl- clinically. Yes. Oh, yeah. Clinically. I guess I would will say that. How many people do you have working for you? What does your day look like? How many, like, what does a session with you like, 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 what's on the business side for you? How does that look? So right now, so we have a cash practice um, yeah, or buddy. to patients out of network practice, mm-hmm. um, okay. right? Because the question like, yeah. do you take my insurance? It's like, well, your insurance covers what we do. So yeah. yes, but we just don't bill it, right? So <laughs> oh, I um, like that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I have right now, currently, I have myself plus four other pelvic PTs, massage therapist, two front desk people, and then Jesse, my business partner. So, and life partner, if you will. Um, yeah. So there's, yeah, there's a team of, I think that makes nine of us. Oh, massage therapist. Did I say that? I think yes. Yeah. So there's nine people um, that makes pelvic sanity run. Um, yeah. So again, like, and it didn't, of course, you know, it didn't start out like that. I think we had a big growth year in year like two three. Um, we're almost at four years now. So it was just me for a whole year. Um, cause it's hard to find PTs in the specialty. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, so that's where we are now. And, and now finally I am learning <laughs> to <laughs> step back. I mean, I think the phrase is work on, uh, on the business, not in the business yeah. as much where I'm really focusing more on, on continuing to mentor my my PTs, um, and really focusing on that. And then also, you know, getting my message out to more public PTs beyond the walls of my own clinic. That's amazing. How many, how many days a week are you treating? Um, so now three, three full days. And then I'm impressed. 
Yeah. I thought you were going to say six. That's what I meant. That's what I called. It used to be six. Exactly. It used to be six. She's but like, now yeah, I cut down, down from three. seven. Yeah, down at three uh-huh. now. And then um, it's just leaving me a lot more time. Um, you yeah, know, it, that's a lot. It's a, a lot of management now. Um, so that's other amazing. things you don't think about, right? When you're, it's just yeah. chugging along. And really, at the end of the day, it's like it's about making our current clinic like work like clockwork. Um, mm-hmm. And when that happens, then we can, like I said, venture out into into more things. But this is my baby and this has to work well and seamlessly for that to happen. Amen. And so kudos you, to are you doing for that. You doing – I got two questions here. Are you doing virtual stuff, like virtual sessions, and how long are sessions with, at your place? So we always treat for an hour. Um, and then we even offer two-hour sessions if if needed. We actually see quite yeah. a few people from – I think partly because um, people find me from the book. But mm-hmm. we've had a ton of out-of-town patients. that We have an out-of-town program um, that has seen people from every continent except for Antarctica. And over wow. – I think we're up to 22 U.S. states. Um, That's amazing. And a ton of different – I think 13 different countries or something like that. So – People were actually flying into public sanity to get treatment, um, which speaks to the lack of resources for people yeah, you're right. um, in this niche. Um, because, I mean, we're good, but we're we're not like crazy special. Do you know what I mean? I think we just yeah. have a really good, good, solid program. And pe- there's just not a lot of resources for, for a lot of people in this world. So wow. um, Dude, that's a, that. an amazing thing that you, to say, Nicole, like – one, Nicole is the shit and they are that good, but it <laughs> takes a really good practitioner and a really humble practitioner to be like, this also speaks to the fact that people have to fly in because they don't have these services where, there are, where they are and we have to do better. And what is she doing about that? Not just complaining, building shit, making things thing. like yeah. this is so... So good, Nicole. So good. And so um, we offer go we ahead. offer remote consultations too. So to go there back on that, right? So we have yeah. remote consultations as well, um, which is sort of gaining a lot of traction in the PT world. Yeah, um, and I'm sure we could talk a whole hour on the difference between true telehealth and can you really do telehealth in yeah. physical therapy in such a hands-on profession? Um, but I offer remote consultations more of like a big picture sort of mm-hmm. health coaching kind of way. Totally. Um, Really, for people that don't have access to a true public PT expert where they are, I sort of take their case and tease through, you know, where are the aspects that you can look at and get help where you are? So what doctor do you need to pursue? Um, What orthopedic physical therapist could you maybe go to for to help this back issue that's related to your pelvic floor problem? Mm -hmm. Um, Even things like massage therapists and acupuncturists, like where else based on their history and their... Uh, diagnosis and symptoms and everything, we can usually sort of pick like a, an action plan for people to try to, to to narrow down all their choices. And and even if they don't have a pelvic PT in their area, they can still take action on taking control of their symptoms. So um, we help them do that in that way. Yes. All the yes. This is, and I love that you kind of slipped that in there. That is what I do, did uh, remotely, like like you said, it is such a hands-on practice, and we—I consider us to be the movement experts. Well, some people, at least in the profession, to be movement experts, and as such, when it's a movement kind of thing, like yeah, I can watch videos, I can talk to, talk about things, but there, you know, may, there will always be a role for touch, and the fact that that you know opens up the neurological window and things like that. Totally. But 
We cannot understate the value of providing the coaching that you just said, especially, and this is one of the reasons I left Pelvic PT. It was just so so emotional. Mm-hmm. We cannot overstate the, the, the value, the importance of just being able to provide guidance to someone because they don't even know, you don't know what you don't know. And most people don't know anything when it comes to the pelvic floor or the care they could be, care they should be receiving mm-hmm. or the care that's even available. So or how to, to offer that to, to their someone. physician, right? Like how to Dude. go back and like, so what do you actually say to that person? I was just on the phone uh, last week, last Friday, I did a remote consultation from a, a guy actually in Mississippi and he was just like, you know, I just want someone to listen to my whole story. So literally- mm-hmm. He just wanted someone to to yeah. listen to his whole story, and then we were able to tease out based on some of his history, like when this the problem actually started, and you know. Yes. So there was a lot of value, and we have that as physical therapists. Um, we have that; we can do that, and that's where I feel like we so, sort of sell ourselves short a lot of times with um, the insurance based mindset, where we have to mm-hmm. see someone three times a week for six weeks, and like that's it. You know, like we have so much more to offer with our doctorate level education um, to patients. Dude, yes, yes, all the yes. You guys listening? This is why I brought her on. I want to keep going with this, and basically by this I mean stealing the words that you've been saying to use as segues. <laughs> and you said it a little while ago, uh, but you said people find you because of your book. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about the book that I can't say the title of? Yeah, so <laughs> interstitial cystitis. So I wrote the IC solution. Um, so basically that came out of, so we'll back up a, just a smidge. So I, yeah. when I first started at the hospital in Orange County, um, I happened to work with a urogynecologist that saw a ton of people with interstitial cystitis. And so I got a ton of these patients right off out of right out of the pelvic PT specialty, um, right after I learned, right after I'm a new grad. And it was freaking scary because uh, mm-hmm. most people with IC, for for listeners that don't know, it's essentially a bladder pain condition where you feel like you have a UTI or have to pee like up to 20, 25 times a day. Um, and it's also yeah. very painful. And so, and that's really scary. And it it's, it's hard. It's a tough, tough yeah. condition. But when I was doing a ton of research to help my own patients, um, yeah. there was so much misinformation in the field. And I was seeing good clinical results um, by using my orthopedic background and my newfound pelvic floor expertise um, in treating these patients. And then you go online and I was like, this is like very doom and gloom. And I don't, what is the mm-hmm. disconnect here between what I'm seeing in the clinic and what patients are feeling um, online? And so that sent me into basically years of base- refining what I was actually doing with these patients to get them better. Um, and that led into also my, a lot of my frustration about how is it <laughs> that the medical field is so wrong and not like we always say, oh, we want to evidence-based medicine. And then the physicians aren't following their own guidelines Mm -hmm. to treat these people. Right. So that came in. I just need to like write all my thoughts down. Um, I just need to like write it all down and give a patient guide to the condition that's positive, practical, evidence-based information. And that's what I wrote. Um, with the help, wonderful help of my husband, because I found out when I tried to sit down and write it that I suck at writing. <laughs> I'm like, really? seriously, the worst, the worst. Well, I would have never guessed this. Nicole. Yes. I mean, yeah, it was bad. So huh. and like all of my thoughts were like, I think it's because all of my thoughts are like so 
just I just wanted to get like everything out. I couldn't think uh-huh, of a structure uh-huh. that made sense for that. Patient, make, okay, got it. Um, that kind of stuff. So, and I was very much wanted to talk all about. This is actually a funny story. So, <laughs> Jesse and I, one of the tips we had when writing the book, I was like, okay, we have to have a pelvic floor section where we talk about the pubococcygeus, the iliococcygeus, uh, obturator internus. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He was like, these patients don't give two shits about <laughs> the names of the pelvic floor. And I was like, well, all my patients, I make them care. Like they know <laughs> if the pelvic pubococcygeus on the left side is the problem today, you know, um, uh-huh. I really try to empower people to like learn yeah. their bodies and all that kind of stuff. So, so he was like, Nicole, we cannot write all of these things. Cause I was basically writing it for a pelvic PT. Gotcha. Um, and so yeah. we really had like a come to Jesus moment of who is this book for? If you're writing it for a pelvic PT, then great. We can use your nerdy words. But if we're not, if we're going to write it for what we set out to write it for, which is patients dealing with this condition, then it has to be patient friendly. And then, then we decided to, okay, well, we can, we can have, I want patients to be able to pick it up and, and know, right. Everything, be able to follow it. But I also want a clinician to be able to see that like, oh, she's just, she's just using patient friendly language, but there's actually a lot of evidence behind what she's saying. Mm-hmm. And okay. so that's essentially what Jesse helped me to do is to spill down my nerdy words and my pubococcygeus language um, <laughs> to something that's easily digestible for a patient. And that's positive. Um, yeah. that I think the first phrase, the first the first line of the book is thousands of patients with IC live happy, healthy, pain-free lives. And so can you. And that's true. It's Boom. my thought. So that's that. But the book writing process was was a beast. It was crazy. Dude, you wrote a book. Like, Dude. would you recommend to someone to write a book if they're like, I want to write a book, given your experience and how it went? Uh, yeah. Okay. This is a really great question. <laughs> I would, I would, I would think about the step before then. Why do you want to write a book and who how can you get that message out to people? And if you decide that a book is the best way, then sure, um, that's great. But there are a lot of other ways to reach people. Um, I think, I mean, obviously social media is a big way. Um, But I think you just need to think about the end user, who you're writing it, who would you want to write it for and why, and then go from there. Now, in terms of do, would I do a publisher again, um, no, I would definitely not use a publisher again. Um, So we actually got it like legit published from a publishing Mm -hmm. company. um, And that whole process was quite frustrating. And we had to like, just to give you one example, we had to fight, fight to have even the seven exercise pictures in the book, right? Because it costs money to print and all of that stuff. Oh my God. So you just like kind of don't realize how much of the process you don't have control over until you're trying to (laughs) control it. Damn, yeah. (laughs) Um, So there's just little stuff, little stuff, little big stuff like that, that if you really have a good message and you really do think a book is the way to get that out to the audience that you want, then I would self-publish now. And there are Mm -hmm. really great ways to do that. even over the last couple of years, even yeah. since the book has been published, it's it's a much easier route to do that yourself. And you make more money because everyone always thinks like I must be killing it. Some Instagram troll the other day was like, oh, oh must be you must be killing it with your book or something. And I was like, actually, I make zero dollars, zero dollars. So it's not about – you have to just think if you think you're going to yeah. get rich with writing a book. And our book has been – extremely successful if, mm-hmm. if you think we sold almost 8,000 copies. So Jeez. it's like 
that's like crazy successful in the niche that I have, but I seriously don't see any money from that at all. Got it. Because I, I mean, you get an advance and all of that, but Mm -hmm. I know that. Wow. I do not that. If people want to check out the book, dude, you wrote a book. I'm still like, dude, people want to check out the book. What? (laughs) You wrote a fucking book. That's crazy. How, how can they? How can I do that? How do they, how do they buy the book? Amazon? Uh, so it's available on Amazon. Yeah. In fact, so people are always like, oh, does it help to buy it from you? I was like, actually, no. It's much more pain <laughs> to be asked to buy it from me <laughs> because I have to like send it out to you and then I feel bad charging shipping. Um, so just, it's on Amazon. You can come to your door like the next day. Use the technology peeps. Get okay. it from Amazon. Um, All right. Yeah. We, will, <laughs> we will link that on on. Uh, that's so funny. We'll link that in the show notes. I want to keep keep going with this deal in the words. Jesse, he helped you with the book. He tells you your business partner, life partner. Who is he and how is it working with your husband? Dude, um, good question. Um, first of all, everybody should have a Jesse. I don't care if it's your life partner. I don't care if it, if it's your best friend, if it's your freaking dog that you talk to. Like Everybody should have a Jesse um, because... A couple of the things that have been really interesting. Number one, having a business partner that you're also married to um, is been quite interesting. Yeah. We happened to, when we first decided, right, I was very wary about that. He was like, let's just do it. And I was like, like typical guys just like, ooh, that should be fine. And I'm like, actually, I think it might ruin us. <laughs> um, but... But, you know, it was a very conscious decision to do that. And we just said, let's start. And then we'll just check in with each other and make sure that, like, yeah. that's actually a thing. Like, are we actually – do we still, like, love each other? Like, what's happening? Um, yeah. But I think we really – number one, we really respect each other's opinions. Um, mm-hmm. I think we, we just have a really deep respect for each other. Um, he's brilliant. He has a physics background um, and has a business degree. And his Dang. mom is a very – entrepreneurial spirit as well. So he comes from a family that's like that. So in a way, it's really helpful just to get somebody. And when I say you need a Jesse, you need someone that's going to challenge you in ways and help you to see things that you cannot see yourself. Totally. So and that and that questions your decisions, right? So we have a pretty great relationship in terms of like he's primarily business side and I'm primarily clinical. And then we meet in the middle for things that cross over. Um, And now that we're a bigger business, we definitely cross over into each other's areas a lot more. Me more so more into the business side because number one, it's gotten more interesting for me um, now that we're super successful. And then, but then also he's needs to understand the clinical side a lot more for the things that we end up doing. So we happen to work really well together. um, And I honestly wouldn't have it any other way. And he's he is so – I mean, I sometimes joke and I'm like, did you ever think you'd be like the biggest pelvic health advocate ever <laughs> when you looked right? at your life? He is so – he's really has uh, has developed a passion for helping patients. He's the one who was at our front desk for two years um, as the sole front desk person. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and I think that that has helped to catapult us forward because it's like you always – as a business owner, you need to be able to do every single thing of your business, every single step, and understand what you're asking of people. So now when we ask our front desk person to do X, Y, and Z, it's like, Jesse did it 
every single day for two years. Um, so I just feel like that's a really valuable lesson, I think, in making sure that you can freak, you need to sit, if you are thinking about doing, you cannot hire out your passion. So you can't sit there and think that, oh, I can just hire a front desk person to do that because you don't know what patients are calling in and asking. You don't know what they're saying. You don't know what they need. So, and I don't think that you need to do it for two years necessarily. We happen to make that work, but um, you definitely need to understand like the business at every aspect of it, Um, which is why I still treat, right? Because I need to know what I'm asking of my PTs, right? If I'm saying I want this to be done this way and whatever else, like I need to also do that. Um, so I understand what I'm asking. Dude, I, I'm going to back it up just a hot second there. You cannot hire out your passion. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Dude, like. Mic drop. I think this podcast might be done. It's, it's <laughs> over. Just We're just going to swing my mic away. And that's this. That's, we're in the same boat right now with, you know, the the business side of things being a lot more interesting than, than other sides of things. And that's something I see so much and I, I love i kind of think it ties into you talked about before about like you know being a new grad starting new things like you have to be in the fucking trenches and like do things like i, I don't want to rant but i'm gonna rant a little bit about what i'm yeah. seeing with, with new grads and salaries and jobs and like you have to do the thing I, i'm looking at copywriting I'm not looking at hiring a copywriter. I am looking at what copywriters are doing and what people who are hiring copywriters. Mm. And it's just like, you have to do the damn thing. You you cannot get any information without doing it. You, you don't know what your people... I love that you you, you use the, the example of working the front desk and knowing what your patients are asking. Mm-hmm. That is huge. That's so valuable like whatever you're trying to structure a business you're trying to write a landing page whatever it is you got to be with the people you got to talk to them you got to do the thing you got to put in the work maybe for a long time that that's part of it yeah you cannot i, I love this right? you, you can't hire out your passion oh it's so good and people will see right people yes. pick up on that so you know and if just oh. and we paid attention right you have to also just oh. have to freaking pay attention because here's the thing if Jesse didn't like that and he I have him be on the phone then we have to talk about how we're going to fix that right because you, there then we would have had a huge problem now he happened to really love that from just a cuz he and he loves it for a different reason right he loves it for trying to see where else we can market, how else we can phrase mm-hmm, things, what mm-hmm. what things on the website do we need to change based on what they're asking, how many people have visited the website, did, 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 all of the things. Oh, wow. Um, but if balance. he didn't love it, if he didn't love that, then we would have had to have a major conversation about like what things can we outsource that won't affect the passion uh, that comes through with the clinic, right? Or the the ethos essentially of this yeah. clinic. And so, cause we, that always has to be, that has to be at the first, at the very forefront of everything that we do. So we have like a public sanity ethos. That's like what, how we hire people. That's what we want everybody to sort of be on board with when they choose to work for us. Like all of that is, but that has to come from under us to like really think critically about what do we really want to create? What do we stand for? Um, what ex- patient experience do we want when they walk into this office, when they look at the website, when they hear our front desk person? Like all of that just takes, we, you have to pay attention 
um, totally. Every, each, yeah. every, every aspect of that. Did so. All this considered, you're working together. I love you. Said ethos. You're checking in. You've got you know. You're you're, for lack of a better word, we call it in the business space. You're stealing people's language. Like you're listening. You're doing the thing. You're bridging the gaps. You're seeing what the problems are. What's next, Nicole? What is next for us? Well, I think next is to. I think next is where is the venture out part. Is the venture yeah. out into. Um, blending my passion of teaching, which um, I've always had, um, into online education of wow. public PTs so that they can essentially uh, do the thing also, you know, helping people to, um, you know, we have a pelvic PT ethos that we go over in our PT essentials course and like all kinds of stuff. So just like get people to think about pelvic health differently, um, even if they're pelvic PTs already. That's so, so, so good. You're going to be actually two questions. Yes. One, the courses, if they, you're, cause you caught, you taught the course over in Australia. Do you have any courses coming up? If so, or if not, how do people check this out? Yes. So I have, so the course in Australia was my interstitial cystitis course. Um, so that's an in-person course. It's that one was two days, I believe. Um, and then I also teach that same course through Herman and Wallace. We do not oh, okay. currently have any 2020 dates set um, yet, but we are working on it. So checking okay. through the Herman and Wallace website for course dates would be good for that. Um, and then if anybody's ever interested, I mean, I, I'm always looking to do that outside of that too. I can, I have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, so if anybody exactly. has, if there's a public PT out there that like has a facility and like would like to do that, um, they can just contact me. Email's probably That's the best. That's right that. where my head went. I was like, uh, why don't yeah. they just call you? Okay. Why don't they just call me? So just call me. <laughs> um, okay. Because that's easy. Uh, that's basically what happened with Australia. We had um, a wonderful lady, uh, you know, had been following me on Instagram and then reached out and said, hey, would you ever come over to help uh, pelvic physios over in Australia to learn more right. about IC. And so, yeah, with that, we made that happen um, just this last August. It was so fun. Ah, amazing. So you guys can reach out to her, Nicole, at pelvicsanity.com if you're interested in, in any of those uh, courses. Second question, same same line, you're going to be at CSM, yes? I am going to be at CSM. Yeah. I, You know, and this could be a, a long discussion too, but <laughs> I have a confession to everybody. I So I was an APTA member when I first graduated from, from PT school, and yeah. then I let it lapse, and then I rejoined yep. when I got my WCS, and then I had a really hard time yep. with um, just the organization itself and – like we could yep. talk about that whole thing yep. um, for days, but I recently rejoined. Um, oh, did you? I did. I did. Wow. Um, yeah, I did. Wow. And so I'm going to CSM and wow. I think it's going to be exciting. But but yeah, it's an interesting, I, you know, from a from a business perspective, um, I think that, that there's so, still so much that we do as physical therapists that is so based on insurance and the way that we administer physical therapy as a, as a just a group of people, a lot of things just goes back to if you really think to yourself like why do I do it like that? From documentation, from progress report writing, from evaluations writing, from all of that stuff, it really boils down to like 
an insurance-based mindset. So yeah. again, again, a really good reason to have someone outside of the f- your own field to give you um, a, a good look at things. Because Jesse was one of some of the ones. Who was like, Why <laughs> are you even doing it that way? Yep. You know, like, oh, I don't know. It's oh. like I got taught like that. That's like what we yeah. do. And he was like, so we well, do. What? Why do you see that person two times a week for eight visits and then like out? And it's like, I don't like, know. Because uh, like that's we what did. their insurance Because insurance said. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like that whole wellness um. aspect of PT. Um, so yeah, so when you have a cash-based business, a lot of the private practice section and stuff is based on insurance-based stuff. So I had a hard time yeah. justifying the expense. But then I decided to rejoin to sort of just be a part of the conversation. Yeah. Um you, have to, you know, in that case, you, sort of like if you're going to complain about political yeah. things, you got to vote, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, totally. Um, about change, totally. about positive change for the field. Dude, so are you doing a meetup or anything there? Yeah, I'm going to try. So um, I actually, so we, yes, we were doing a pelvic PT huddle meetup. So I don't know where or when that is, but if you are a member of pelvic PT huddle, I'll be, I'll be announcing like where that is. I still have to figure out like where I'm going to meet. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Logistically. So- <laughs> Follow her on Instagram. I'm going to make sure that this episode, because we're recording this January, I'm going to make sure that this goes out before CSM, because that would be no help if it goes on after. Um, and then just follow her on social media. It will be, I'll be up on there. there. Like, yeah, because I would love, I, you know, just like how you always say, like, it's so cool to, like, be, um, like, Instagram friends with someone. And it's, like, so yeah. special to meet the people in person, too. Absolutely. So I would Dude. love to meet people. Dude, you guys heard it. The magic of being in the room and just actually having those in-person connections. You know, we talk about, we, I guess I, and Nicole does too, the the power of digital business and and such. But if you were to like put a number to it, an in-person meetup or connection is the equivalent of spending like a thousand hours together online. Totally. You know what I I mean? mean, Like when I went to Boss Up, I went to your guys' event, Boss Up with you and Jill. And that was just like so special. I mean, it was like, it was so cool. I mean, not only was the content great, right? But it's just like, dude, just like you said, like there's the magic of being in the room with somebody, hearing someone's voice and and just seeing their personality and every all of that. So love it. it. So if you're you're around, I will be at CSM also. Uh, So meet up with us. Check out Nicole's instagram page it'll let you know dm her if nothing else uh, she'll let you know what's been decided for the meetups and stuff like that nicole i'm looking at the time i'm looking at my list my list has got all the checks marks we got through all the things i wanted to get through uh is there anything else that you want to say to the people to the people, I would like <laughs> to say, um, I know you have a lot of different types of listeners um, on here. A lot of PTs, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I so. Just, yeah, I, I would say, <laughs> I would say that whatever industry you're in, um, really get clear with yourself and pay attention to how every part of your day and your job like makes you feel. And if there is a little piece that isn't working for you, figure it out and figure out either how to make it better in your current situation or use it as fuel for change. Um, I cannot be more happy with the way that um, I allowed myself the opportunity to to be open to change, right? Yes. Um, So even though you have in your mind that you're not going to be a business person or you don't want to do that... um, if you just if you listen to your what you feel inside, then you can uh, allow the opportunity for change, and um, it'll be 
just paths will open up for you. So I really encourage everybody to just pay attention. Pay attention. Yes. This is, you guys listening, this is why I brought her on. I have a reason for bringing every single guest on. And when I first started this podcast, it was my, it's still the same reasoning of, I want you guys to hear what's possible. I want you to hear from people, real people, not just like, you know, these superstar names that just like so far away. Although Nicole is a fucking superstar. (laughs) I want you to hear from real talk. I wanted to hear you guys to hear from real people in all different phases doing the damn thing. People who have taken leaps or are taking leaps so that you have that Roger Bannister effect of like, hey, maybe I can do it too. Nicole, I did from minute number one here with her, like she's quite far along in her journey, but still getting mentorship, still learning. But it's to, to me a story that shows you what can be. Hopefully you guys listen around the edges. And yeah, this is definitely very applicable to those in the pelvic floor field, those who are PTs. But if you're a female, this is a great podcast mm-hmm. for you. If you maybe have a business partner that is your life partner there's something to be taken for this if you want to simply change things in your own life or in the lives of your patients your clients your customers there's something to be taken from this so this is 100 why i brought this woman on she's killing it she's totally a gold nicole take the test again you are a gold. Yeah, i will i should do the test <laughs> we could just crushing be it. the <laughs> movement maestro it trumps all so i am a gold there you go there you go nicole thank you this was absolutely phenomenal thank Thank you you as well really appreciate it had fun any anytime you guys listening thank you i know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us and for that i am endlessly 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 appreciative don't forget i got all those links for you in the show notes so definitely check them out gonna ask for my usual ask if you liked it give me a few stars preferably five if you loved it subscribe why because it does help people to find the podcast all right officially wrapping it up until next time friends dr nicole cozine and maestro 